All right, so diving into chapter 10, this is, um, I say it every time, but like this is one of my favorite chapters because the the first part of chapter 10 here has some really, I don't know, deep concepts that sometimes we have to like unpack and, and rework through, right? Because how many of us <laughs> grew up thinking that the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost were the exact same thing? I mean, that's just, that's a good primary level. It's a general introductory, right? But like, as we, we grow up and uh, grow in the gospel that uh, we need to start unpacking and, and separating that out and everything. And I just love this chapter so much because um, it really does help clarify and um, advance our, our knowledge kind of thing. So anyway, what did you all learn? Like, what was some of your insights as you were working your way through this? Um, specifically through Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Uh, let's tackle that one first, because I think it's just so fun to, to unpack that. Let's see, what was my favorite part there? I have so many things underlined. I really need to color code I, it. <laughs> I have the whole thing underlined. But I put a star on one of them. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was on page... 221. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I color-coded everything for the Holy Ghost in purple and everything for the Holy Spirit in red. Yeah. <laughs> purple for Godhead and red for Christ. Yeah, so that's perfect. I have lots of purple and red all over my book. But yeah, 221 has a, a ton of information on it. Um. I like when he said the Holy Spirit comes to us prepaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, exactly. And and then I like his like real world examples that that he puts in there. Like the Holy Ghost will have no opinion on where you drop your dirty laundry, but the Holy Spirit will constantly urge us to do everything that is right, kind and loving. Right? Like okay, I <laughs> with that example I can start unpacking and applying it properly. Um I liked that as he went through the the chapter here. The Holy Ghost will not comment upon your tone of voice with your children, mm -hmm. and can I add, or your spouse, or your <laughs> mother. <laughs> the, Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit always will. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Cameron, you know my mom. <laughs> yes, we had some good deep conversations. <laughs> um yeah and but the holy spirit always will if we're not too angry to hear it i like that caveat mm -hmm. because what happens you know if we're angry what spirit are we listening to and it's definitely not the holy spirit mm -hmm. and that's the, that's one of the things the adversary wants to do by making us angry yeah for sure and really distancing that communication there yep so yeah i put out to the side kind of like the like the big three, the big chart of the differences between the two, where the Holy Ghost is in the big concepts, whereas the Spirit of Christ is in the minute, the, the little concepts, the, the more, um, I, don't, I don't know, anyway, the minute, and then where the Holy Ghost is a big voice versus Christ is like a small voice, and then the Holy Ghost requires worthiness versus Christ that um, is is constantly leading and guiding us he might have to to withdraw so that we can um uh, come at it from a different angle but 
uh, I found those those big three distinguishing factors there. Um, something that I wanted to like chart out so that it was easier to like implant in my brain, right? <laughs> because like as kind of a, a visual learning exercise, I, I can see that chart now every time that I'm trying to imagine the concept or, okay, now what did I just experience? Was that the Holy Ghost or was that the spirit? And then there's my chart that I, I think it's really helpful to kind of like doodle and, and sketch in my book, but um the voice of mercy yeah yeah on page 221 i really like this paragraph that really helps us i think explain what's been going on a lot with some of the friends family and stuff we have in the church it says truth yeah. that comes from the holy ghost does not become a permanent fixture of our souls but is sustained by the continued presence of the holy ghost Thus, a testimony of Christ lasts only as long as we remain within the revelatory light that is transmitting that truth into our being. When we sever our contact with the Holy Ghost through sin or disobedience, the light dims and the truth begins to fade. In time, all we have is a memory that we once knew something was true, but we no longer feel the same way. This is the reason that someone can have a profound testimony at one point in their lives and after transgression or apostasy can lose that testimony in a short period of time. I think we all know people who have done that, who have severed that, but they may still be kind people and generous people and, and good people and, you know, that kind of thing. So they're still getting a few little things from the Holy Spirit, but that truth that they've lost by ignoring the Holy Ghost is, you know, so you can really kind of see the difference there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. And like, even being able to like, kind of identify different past parts of my life, like, oh, that's what I was going through, and kind of uh, looking at it in retrospect, right, and seeing what was being active. Was it the, the Holy Ghost? Was it the Holy Spirit? And uh, kind of, um, it's always easier to, to look back and, and see it than <laughs> in the moment sometimes, right? But that's like the goal is to um, really get good at this. You know, the whole hear him initiative is perfect, right? Like this is what we're supposed to be doing. Pay any price to learn this principle, how to communicate and um, and to hear him. Because I think that was one of the, the most heard thing that anyway that I heard was like, hear who who are we talking about exactly <laughs> you know people wanted that clarification but it wasn't there it was like no go and figure it out that was part of the process right and so um going through all that wrestling with paradoxes here is is crucial to our our learning and, and growth so that we can develop those personal relationships with deity and what that all means and anyway that's what i kept thinking of all the time that i'm going through here going oh Exactly. That's the whole point of this. Um, on 222, the very top paragraph, where... <clears throat> so like spiritual gifts we receive in this life come through the Spirit of Christ rather than the Holy Ghost directly. Um, skipping down, the Holy Ghost would only be able to bestow these gifts after we had fully earned them. The Holy Spirit bestows them when we need them, when we ask for them, or when we qualify for them by obedience to law. 
with less regard for worthiness. And that was very interesting as I was pondering like spiritual gifts that I'm trying to to, to manifest and obtain in, in my life right now. And it's like, okay, so really knowing which source and how to go about it and, and asking and receiving kind of thing. Um, anyway, that paragraph really made an impact on me this last week going, huh, <laughs> sometimes I'm so thick-headed that I, I never understood that principle. And so unpacking that, putting it into practice was, was a game changer for me. I had a star on that one, by the way. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and Cameron too, I think with what you just read, especially at the end of the paragraph with less regard for worthiness. So I drew a line from that line down to that paragraph where it says, according to this, all gifts of the spirit, blah, blah, blah. Because um, mm -hmm. we get those, even if we might be less worthy, um, which I think gives you hope yeah. that you don't have to be close to perfect or way down the path to be able to have those gifts of the spirit. So that was motivating. <laughs> right? Like we've all sat through Sunday school lessons on gifts of the spirit, right? And it's all like so unobtainable. Like everybody's mm -hmm. like, I don't really have any gifts. I'm just like, mm -hmm. read these two paragraphs and tell me what that is. Like it's so obtainable. There's hope. There's everything here because the spirit of Christ is, is helping us develop and, and giving things to us. You know, one thing I want to say too, from what you guys were saying earlier, I think that the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, I think it's way beyond primary. I, I bet if you were to ask a ward, yeah. uh, people who are mission, return missionaries, the huge majority are not going to know that there's a difference. And so I think it's such a blessing to be able to be learning these things that are definitely deeper doctrine. Um, but one thing, and I'd like to ask what you guys think about this, because I think sometimes when people start really learning, and, and I'm not speaking to one person in this group, I, you guys were all amazing. Um, but I know there are others who, when they get um, a lot of knowledge, become very pharisaical and very judgmental. So how do we make sure that doesn't happen as we learn more and know more and likely much more than the majority around us, even at church. So how do we keep that humility and that love for others and not let judgment come in or not be like, well, I know this. And, you know, like I said, just, I just kind of look at it as being pharisaical. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I, I love that question because yeah. I see it all over the place, right? Like log into the Isaiah Institute Facebook group <laughs> and you'll see it everywhere. Log into any of the other ones. Like, a little bit of knowledge and, and sometimes a little bit of pride is, is accompanying it. And so I, I don't know, that's what I'm always having my mom try to like check me on. Like, am I ever being prideful? Tell me right away so I can nip it in the bud and, and move on kind of thing, because it, it's so easy to, to kind of fall into that. Mm -hmm. D.S. Lewis addressed that in his uh, book, Mere Christianity, or his, his, his broad, his pamphlets or whatever. And, um, the, one, the biggest thing that pride comes in is when you see yourself in comparison to somebody else. That, that's the issue. When, when we see our knowledge or our experience as something to be me measured against somebody else, then uh, we, we can't help but be prideful and, and be um, uh, very pleased with ourselves. 
the trick is that we need to recognize and keep in mind that we are are learning to be like the savior and there's a we are we are still the dust of the earth in re relationship to him or father now i it's really interesting to um to hear the words of cs lewis i recently found a a, a video blog site that has um the mere christianity being read uh by chapters and it's being uh, doodled out uh on a on a blackboard with a, a white marker and and to see the way they take um they put the images on the on this the, the the chalk drawing images on the page as he speaks it really helps to give concrete understanding to the verbiage now the he he actually broadcast the uh, mere christianity as a radio broadcast in 1942 43 time frame and he gave them in chapters he gave them over many different weeks and these these videos can be seen and and they're wonderful to listen to and it really gives you the opportunity to to examine um the things that we call christianity and why we follow uh the savior but as far as the pride thing goes, it, it's very, very important to recognize that when we are learning to become like Christ, then we are following the path. When we are um, comparing ourselves to somebody else, that's when we lose the sight. Um, I kind of, it was kind of like when um, I, I thought of this as being when Samuel the Lamanite was given information and he was told to go stand on the wall. And he went and he preached and he's delivered the message. And then he jumped off the wall and disappeared and nobody ever heard from him again. I'm assuming he taught other people, but the whole idea is that oftentimes the Lord uses specific teachers for specific lessons. And then that teacher is no longer has the gift anymore. Uh, missionaries receive this. They get this idea. They come home and they think they, they're the, next thing step below the prophet and a lot of their parents and their friends and stuff uh, suffer from that uh, that um, image that self-image so uh but that's what it is and, and a lot of times people who become very knowledgeable in the gospel or in in any other subject they begin to see themselves as the as the source of truth and light and they forget from whence it doth come and unfortunately, I have found that those people who, who one, understand the gospel and they're able to explain it to somebody else, um, and then they find a following. And because they find a following and they always find somebody who's willing to listen and whom they can teach, then they always have a reason to say that I'm smarter than X, Y, or Z person, and therefore I need to teach them. And unfortunately, um, they also begin to get opinionated and then they begin to uh, uh, they begin to stop asking the Lord for that guidance. And before long, they are teaching subjects straight out of their head and out of their own understanding. And then they're no longer teaching as a voice of the Lord, but they're teaching as a voice of the me. And and we lose that that inspiration. And unfortunately, they begin to surmise, they begin to put out opinion, and we have a tendency to then, 
we're led astray. I, I've noticed that in a lot of bloggers or people who put mm -hmm. out videos or, or, or come follow me classes. You know, they're, they're an expert at one subject and all of a sudden now everybody thinks they're an expert at all subjects and they even plead with themselves. So I think that's a, that is a constant thing that we have to recognize and we have to fight against with all of our heart, might, mind, and soul as we remember from whence the source of truth is. Yeah, thank you, Scott. I totally agree with that. And I think that when we lose that humility, we can't have charity because these people, you know, that we're talking about who get to that point, you know, at least personally, I feel no love from them. I don't feel like they have my best interest at heart that they're really judging, you know, and if I haven't seen the savior yet, you're still sinning, you know, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I and I totally agree. So hopefully we can help each other <laughs> and make sure that we stay humble and know that we're all on different levels. We're all at different places. And, but we're here because we have the desire to learn and grow and better understand, you know, deeper doctrine. But, you know, I'm sure some of us have farther to go than others. I feel like you guys know 3 billion pieces of information more than I do. I don't know how you get all your reading in. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> you, you, you get a lot done. Um, I try. I work full time and I have a lot going on in my life, but I try. But I really appreciate um, hearing from you guys. So that was helpful. So thank you. But let's help each other out. Mm -hmm. It's called headphones and audio books. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I found it was really interesting today in Relief Society. We discussed um, Brad Wilcox's talk, Worthiness is Not Flawlessness. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that dovetails so well with this whole lesson of what we're reading today, because um, we don't have to be perfect to have these spiritual gifts. We don't have to be perfect to have, um, you know, the spirit of Christ with us. And I, I think, you know, there was another conference talk that talked about what direction are you headed? And I think that's way more important. Where are you headed on your journey than what is this particular stop you're at, point you're at right now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah. I, I've kind of seen, oh, go for it. I think it comes into, as there's a big opinion when you're talking to somebody and you thinking to yourself, I have the answer instead of having, I have an answer. It may not be the answer, it might not be the correct answer, but it may be an answer that you could chase. But when we start thinking to ourselves, I have the answer to your question, then that's when we start to, um, we start to fall. Mm -hmm. I like to start a lot of things with consider the following. <laughs> you know, that's a you know? <laughs> because maybe, you know, just ponder on this. Maybe you'll come up with something different than me, but you know, this is, this is where I was pondering and I, I got some cool info. So, you know, consider this. Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like there's common phrases with, with, enlightened people that know that they know stuff and and it and it comes from a fact uh, or comes from language of no this is the answer versus you know this is what i've been kind of thinking lately or i've been mulling over like if you're not debasing yourself but you're not elevating yourself above somebody to give them an answer like scott was saying and, and nancy that i mean just changing your vocabulary and always becoming aware of it. I've noticed that's where I have to be because 
like, you know, I, how often do I <laughs> get frustrated? Like, oh my gosh, we just don't learn anything in Sunday school or whatever, you know, we've been up and down that road a million times, but like, oh, I just wish they knew this. And it's just like, but is, is that their journey right now? Like you have to look where the Lord's leading them and everything. And so like, why am I trying to like elevate and, and what language is my mind even trying to say? And, and uh, anyway, uh, I have a remedy for that. <laughs> Never talk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have a remedy for that. Yeah. <laughs> Become a primary teacher and it's just so freeing. You don't have to hear the teacher. <laughs> you just get to teach the, uh -huh. the pure doctrine, just real simple and snippets yeah little ones and it's awesome i do not miss sunday school because i study at home i do come yeah. follow me at home i've stopped listening to so many podcasts once in a while i'll listen to like with hear him when they had all terry mulestein and some of those guys yeah i'll peek in and listen to some of those but i don't spend nearly the amount of time like i don't chase Walter palmer anymore and mm -hmm. I don't always listen to Sunday on Monday every single week. If there's a great guest, I will, because that's their expert. But um, I just try, I'm trying, I say it all the time, but I'm trying to listen to more talks of apostles and conference talks and instead, yeah. because I think that's where we kind of get led astray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. has got a pretty good one. Who? Jared Halverson. His yeah. uh, thing is called Unshaken. Now, he is very long-winded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, so if if you have, you can't listen to it shortly. That's all there is to it. <laughs> but the the thing that he does is he, he kind of gets inside of your head, and he's the voice of you saying, I don't believe a word you're saying, or are you sure you know what you're talking about? Anyway, he, he plays the, the advocate part and um i actually introduced him to um uh, an acquaintance that we had that lives up in michigan she's not a member of the church but i i said you know we're studying the old testament if you're interested in finding out how we look at the bible and stuff she said yeah i'd be interested in trying it so i sent her the link to his first one for the for this study period and she was quite impressed so I'm assuming that she's following his his position, but uh, he's got he explains a lot of things to me and and to others, and uh, I, I think it's um, that that one might be real worth your time. But once again, you probably need to have some headphones. I actually listen to it while I'm at work. I can do some brainless stuff and listen to what he's talking about. But um, I know, just break it up. I break yeah. it up into two or three days. Well, you know, what's interesting is he said in his last one, he says his daughter came to him and said, you know, dad, our, uh, our generation just can't deal with these three hour long. <laughs> so, are they that long? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of them are two and a half, three hours long. Mm -hmm. But um, she said chunk. the daughter is now has um, is taking his talks and breaking them up into like five minute segments and stuff. And evidently she's got a, her own little channel called uh, uh becoming unshaken so anyway <laughs> nice i love it i didn't know that yeah so. mm -hmm. 
but that's <laughs> that's what one of those sources that that I have found, and and I have learned quite a bit through his analysis. Now, the biggest thing with him is he has a he has a very uh, high degree in his education. His specialty is anti-religious rhetoric. So, he, his <laughs> focus has been on all the reasons why you should have no faith. <laughs> okay, and all of the uh, things, and not necessarily against the the LDS Church, but against all religions. And uh, so he has made a study of listening to all of the anti for all kinds of religions. So he at least has um, he has that focus, and he knows he knows who the enemy is, and he's able to give us um, resources and positions we can take and he and he does multiple positions that's the reason why his his discussions are so extensive but he he talks and and he holds and and fills in all the all the sides and all the questions on both sides of the playing field so it gives you a lot of experience mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah, where did I can't even remember. I had a thought, but I mean, yeah, I lost it anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Cameron. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> Sometimes my brain. Somebody's long-winded, oh, right? Oh, I remember um, one of the things that I um, that I just read yesterday was pure doctrine is taught in primary, and doctrine and gospel doctrine not so much. <laughs> I say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all um, a, up to personal interpretations from whoever is teaching and and things like that. And so, what you were saying about being in um, in primary, yeah, pure doctrine is taught in primary. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, what's his name, James Faulkner? His books really changed my whole paradigm for teaching or presenting material because he never does teach anything he only asks questions like that's his entire approach um it's like his series on the old testament made harder the book of mormon made harder new testament made harder like those were transformational books for me um and they they changed kind of the way that i i try to to teach or to present any information is well not in books clubs because this is a different group right <laughs> but anytime i'm teaching like in sunday school or, or something like that it, i only ask questions i never try to like actually teach Me anything too. just like let those questions open up people's minds and don't be afraid to be silent or whatever i but, did that today i asked them what they were thankful for it's a brand new class uh -huh. and they all just like they're they're only seven-year-olds but they had nothing. <laughs> it was sad. Start taking away stuff from them. Are you grateful for that? <laughs> yeah, I love it. And then Elle posted, um, uh, let's see, which one was this one in Don't Let Knowledge Make You Bitter? Yeah, that was a great article um, that, that she posted there. It's a kind of a must read in there so that we uh, avoid that pride and... Uh, <laughs> intellectualism you can kind yeah. of tell that you know education week right like how many classes you're like 10 minutes in oh i already know i'm not gonna like this one and it's mostly because of that 
that intellectual pride bitter stuff it, it's a real did awesome you, did you i posted it but i only read part of it did you get to read all of it yeah i think i made it through everything um yeah i just yeah, yeah. Yep, because we become bitter or arrogant. And so it's like, yeah, and I posted it and I had intentions to read it. And I think I got partway through it, didn't finish reading it, but it looked really good because, you know, we're always studying and sometimes we can feel, you know, like we're better than others. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Cameron, I think that was a good word you said, intellectualism, you know, sometimes even without really, really trying, you know, people tend to try to one up each other even though yeah. that might not really be their intent, but it kind of happens. So that's a good word. Yeah. It's a good thing to think of. For sure. And in like context of what we're talking about in this chapter, like the voice of the mind, the voice of evil and the voice of the spirit, where does that intellectualism fall in, in that line, right? And I, I don't know, because there's, there's different moments where it might apply differently, but like the voice of the mind, is kind of like an unsure um, type of thing. It rarely states things in absolute. And so when you're super sure of yourself, like I always am, <laughs> it, it's, it's really good to like check myself and go back to these basic three. Okay, now what was that? Was that the voice of my mind or was that the voice of evil? Because it, it definitely wasn't coming from the, the voice of the spirit. <laughs> so like recognizing and being able to identify that quicker in our lives I, I think is like super important as we're distinguishing those um that was transformational to me uh like page 230 when it's talking about the the voice of evil that it's always negative often reactionary but the the big word that stood out to me on that page was right in the middle where it says it likes to rant they seem to prefer to rant and I was like, oh my gosh, I rant all the time <laughs> in my head. Like I'm a ranter. And so like, I don't want to be the voice of evil. And so it was like, okay. Cause I kind of thought that that was just my, my, the voice of my mind. That's how my head processes. You know, if we're looking at the, the cartoon inside out, sometimes I'm just the red guy and, and it's just going to happen, but no, <laughs> the voice of the mind is kind of the unsure thing. The voice of evil is the the ranter. No, you should have said this or this, and, and like, I don't know. I, I I find ranting to to be a, a huge thing that I have to to wrestle with. Well, I think we all do, but um, that that was transformational to me to see it uh, pulled out into those three different voices and yeah. being able to distinguish them much quicker so that you can cast out or just change your direction much quicker and, and everything our, our reaction times i think is is huge in this whole material when i first read about these three voices it was in the book following the light of christ into his presence it was john's other book that he actually quotes here and i remember reading that and going how am i ever going to tell the difference between these three and i i just felt so overwhelmed with being able to distinguish that. I mean, after 50 some years, how, how in yeah. the heck, right? Um, and this was about, oh, four or five years ago. And so I just started pondering on how am I gonna do this? How can I tell? And one of the things that I found, at least for me, is that as I start to ponder something, 
the Lord brings me little snippets of things that give me understanding and they come from all over and little experiences or little things to teach me and to, to demonstrate to me. And as I, as I started thinking about that, I would have experiences and things that I would misapply, you know, I would think, oh, well, you know, I would hear this, well, this, you shouldn't listen to this, this is whatever, and, and have all of these different um, things. And, and then I would have a quiet voice, well, not this, you know, or, or the Lord will never do this or that. And at that point in time, I was brought to an understanding of, oh, the first voices, that was the voice of the adversary. And this one little quiet one was the voice of the Lord. And, and so it, it gave me um, an example, you know, and I, I just, I, I, can, I can go back to that. And I'm like, ah, light bulb. I know how this works. And then at, through, through the years, I'm getting better and better. I'm not perfect. I'm not necessarily the greatest, but I'm, it's a lot easier for me to identify those but it's, it takes time. And it, I think by pondering and asking the Lord for help and help, help me to distinguish between these, we'll have a better chance of getting it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nancy, like, I, I appreciate you saying that because this is, I mean, I've heard, you know, whisperings here and there about the difference, but never like this in depth or this detailed and so I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it. So it sounds like that's where you were a few years ago. So that's really good advice to just kind of ponder. Um, so, so let me, let me explain the example. What happened is I, I used to, I worked nights and I would take my phone and I would listen to stuff on my phone. And I started listening to, to books like this and, and to, to other um, podcasts or whatever. I had always been taught. You just listen to whatever's published by Deseret Book or just listen, you, you know, that kind of thing. We, we know all about that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, right? And so one day I went to work, phone fully charged. I have to do something for a couple hours. Usually, you know, my phone might be at 90% or something by the time I put in my headphones and let me start, you know, I can actually listen. And that particular night when I went to pick up my phone, it was at 15%. Something had run in the background and totally drained my phone. I have no idea even now what it was. And I had to find a, a, a charging cord, a special one, and, and plug it in just to get, you know, a, a small charge and stuff. And here I was um, going about my work, pondering, I can't listen to this, whatever I wanted to listen to. And the thought came well, maybe you shouldn't be listening to that. Maybe that's not it. And it, it, it started on the rant, right? Maybe you shouldn't be listening to that. That's not put out by the church. This person isn't this. You don't know anything about that. Bah, 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 bah. And, and I was, and I was, I was eating that up, right? Cause that's how, that's where I had been. And then really quietly, you know, cause one of the things was, well, maybe the Lord drained the battery on your phone so that you couldn't listen to this because there's something wrong in there and you shouldn't be hearing it. And then very quietly, the thought came to my mind, 
the Lord will never take away your agency. And I went, whoa, the Lord draining my battery on my phone would have taken away my agency to choose whether or not to listen to something. And then right after that was the, was the example was given. Um, if somebody wants to look at pornography, the Lord's not going to crash their computer, right? He's not going to take away their agency. And, and so if it truly is something bad for me, the Lord's not going to make my phone crash. And then I was like, I was like, so then who is it that doesn't want me to listen to this? And then it was remembering this, the adversary and, and, and it, it, I started to put those things together and go, oh, this must be really important. And it really was when I charged my phone enough and I listened, it was very much on the on priesthood power and on the power of the priesthood. And it was a very enlightening, wonderful thing that I was hearing. And I realized, no, the adversary did not want me to listen to that. He wanted me to get off of this train that was going to lead me to this further light knowledge. It, it was it was toward the beginning of my journey of devouring all sorts of good content, good enlightening books, anything by John Pontius, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it was um, it was it was quite the thing, but it was very the small, quiet statement the lord will never do this nothing equivocal about that compared to the rant you know that brought up all the possibilities maybe it's this maybe it's that you know that kind of See, thing. that's the that's the thing that the the father and the the spirit from the lord will give you a suggestion and leave it at that and that truly invokes agency. It's not a big heavy push, a sales pitch, a sales pitch. Whereas that is what the adversary does. And he doesn't want you to have agency. And, and that's the really big part. And that's the thing that we got to recognize is the fact that that agency is the utmost thing. That any success you have has to be 100% yours. And 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 that agency is really really um, brought out in the um, in this this week's or or maybe it's next week's come follow me stuff when it talks about um, Eve and her and her decision to partake of the fruit and and one of those and I guess the reason why I I liked it so much is because Jared Halverson and that Unshaken had given such a, uh, a wonderful example of just how dynamic Mother Eve must have been and all of the things that she had to go through in order to finally take that step. And it's brilliant. Uh, it was, it is, it's a brilliant move. And, and in between my studying of the scriptures and the listening to Brother Halverson give his rendition of it, um, not only did I gain a, a tremendous respect and a love for Mother Eve, but I also received more of a witness and a, a, a testimony of Mother in Heaven. And most of all, I got a huge new eye-opening experience in relationship to my wife and, and how she um, 
fulfills the same issues and, and deals with the same problems that Mother Eve had. And it it gave me a much stronger relationship with her as a, as a reason of. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's the power. Come follow me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love these examples because as we're wrestling with, you know, kind of unpacking some misconceptions or whatever we've had on this, like actually seeing examples play out and like, oh, okay, yeah, I can start applying that and, and taking good principles from it and everything. Um, so through my like addiction recovery, um, Maurice Hawker's book, it's called like Dragons They Did Fight. And he gives like this analogy that, that Satan's so good at, at doing all of the, uh, the tempting and everything, right? He's so good at just everything in, in that realm. And so he, he's always talking about like reaction times. As soon as we can realize that we're being drugged, that's his, his analogy is um, if he can just give us a, a few drops of a drug at a time, then it's the, the frog in the, the pot kind of thing, right? So the sooner that we can realize that we're being drugged, the sooner we can consciously activate the counter chemicals in our brain in order to displace the, the drugging that, that's happening kind of thing. And so that reaction time principle has always really stuck with me and it really made a, a, an impact when I was reading this section of like, the sooner that we can distinguish which voices is talking out of the three and then act appropriately. Like we have to plan out what we're gonna do like, okay, the next time the voice of evil, the next time that I recognize that it's a voice of evil, what am I going to do? Am I going to just try to change the scenario? Am I going to cast out? Like, what are you going to do in that situation? And then have a good reaction time the next time. Okay, what was that thought? This, 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 and then peg it, attack it. And, uh, or <laughs> on the, on the flip side with, with the voice of the spirit, right? Like, no, act immediately and, and obey that so that you can um, reap those blessings and propel yourself forward kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know. I just have like reaction time written all over this. Uh, every little sentence is like, yes, get quicker at this, get quicker at this um, and, and help other people to, to recognize those things. Even though you might not be able to use the exact vocabulary um, here, you have to do it on whatever level that they might be um willing to receive on but like helping people get good at reacting to positive and negative emotions and and satan's attacks i think is is super crucial if we're wanting to to build zion but but more importantly to like save souls too you know like it, i don't know it why my my brain went there but <laughs> what what's the name of that book again can you uh -huh, it's like the dragons they did fight um it's maurice hawker is his name you can find it on amazon i'm sure let me write it down here before i forget like dragons they did fight uh -huh. okay yeah huh yeah, um I addiction recovery program is is huge it was instrumental in me like how many addiction recovery programs are there i mean ugh. but his was actually transformational that's the one that that really and, it, and as you become more aware of what those targets are, those triggers are, mm -hmm. you become better aware of how to 
uh, how to react. Your your reaction time not only increases, but your efficiency and your ability yeah. to move on is increased. And that's the big difference. We're between resisting temptation and no longer being tempted. Mm-hmm. And that is where the, the um, atonement of Jesus Christ truly does um, fill in our and our, our weaknesses until the, whatever it is that we were once tempted by no longer is a desire or a draw in any way, shape, or form. And, and no matter, yeah, and no matter what, no matter how many times it pops up into your field of vision, it's no longer there. So, and I, and I think that's that's especially one of the reasons why it is brought up as being a part of Zion is because they had no desire to do evil i know it's not that it all the the opposition didn't exist or the situations weren't uh, available just that they had no desire to do so because it no longer had um a hold on their pleasure centers because they had something better they had something that provided for them where that carnal or the 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 the, uh, dark influence no longer had an influence Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I always look at that scripture, looked at that scripture and was like, that's not even possible. Like I really honestly did not believe that that, that thing was true, that I no longer had a desire to even do evil. I was like, gosh, what would that even be like? I mean, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine it, True. <laughs> but, but as soon as you can finally break out of it and then look at it and go, like how it is possible so it must be possible on all levels you know uh when i was you know so entrenched in in babylon and i was just like entertainment gung-ho right i mean like celebrity culture pop culture everything like i my whole vocabulary was movie quotes and this and that and stuff you know right i I was very entrenched and then when i finally caught on that i needed to like start weaning myself off like seriously you don't need to watch this show and that show and stuff but I could not quit like I was like no like how am I ever gonna live with myself if I don't know how this character ends (laughs) kind of thing and so but now because I had the prompting from the Lord and it's like cold turkey you just got to do it like get rid of it never go back kind of thing and now like I I literally came to the point which I never thought I'd be able to do I don't even desire it anymore. I don't, I could care less how that plays out. Like it's so, so far removed from me and stuff, but I never thought I'd get there. Like I was so interested in it and I, I really didn't believe that scripture, but, but sometimes that's how, how Satan gets at you, you know, ranting and raving and, and telling you like, well, that's just true for like the, the special people, like the prophets and stuff like that. But no, it, it, it's for us. The scriptures are for us, obviously, that that can apply. But that, that's a hard one to to come to grips with when you're in the, the throes of it, right? And Cameron, one thing I've noticed, um, we have um, a good friend that we're, we're a couple friends with, we go out with and travel with, and, and he struggled with um, pornography for long, long time, 10, 12 years, something like that, or longer even. And, you know, something you learn scientifically is that with that addiction that your, you know, your pathways in your brain actually are changed and altered. And I know he has a desire to get better and he goes to counseling, he goes to groups, he does different things. But I think the kind of healing you're talking about, I think it requires more than the regular checklist of 
you know, go to group and read this book. And I mean, it just seems like to get to that level of healing where you're no longer tempted and that your brain is healed, <clears throat> your pathways, you know, become what healthier for lack of a better word. Um, I think it takes a, an, a deeper level of desire and commitment to, to be purified that I think is really hard to come by. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how we encourage somebody in that, but it seems like that's um, a tough thing to achieve. Oh man, it is mm. ridiculously impossible, especially mm -hmm. if you have like a long-term one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I, oh, sorry. I was just Go thinking ahead. that we were speaking of something similar to that just, re, just this evening. Today. You know, if I was in a position of leadership or I was in a position to give counsel, you know, first the thing I would do is sit down with them and I would ask the person, I said, well, what kind of a goal are you really looking for? Are you looking to just not feel guilty uh, enough to come back to church? Are you just not feeling guilty enough that you can go to the temple? Or are you just, are you really trying to unload completely and not have it affect you in any way, shape or form? And until the person makes that honest and desired choice, then their recovery methods are either more aggressive or less aggressive. And, and, and unfortunately, I feel like in our culture today, um, and, and, and some cultures more than others, where they get that, they go for counseling and they go for help and they say, I want to I wanna feel less guilty. Mm -hmm. Not that I want to feel completely eliminated from it, but I just want to feel less guilty. And as long as they are just wanting to be less guilty, that means they still have a foot in Babylon. And because yeah. of that, they're not willing to put forth the energy and the to do whatever it takes to completely eliminate those things from our lives. You know, uh, if, uh, so if I were to give counsel for uh, being less guilty, say, well, if if you experienced it twice in a month, then then only do it once a month. It's not like I'm saying it's not right. It's just saying we'll do it less and cut it in half. But and I understand that through personal experience that challenges and those deep rooted challenges are are something you you can't just many people say you can't go cold turkey, but I know many people, including myself, that that cold turkey works. But you have yes. to that's that agency and you have to make that choice. And that's where you have to take it straight to the Lord. You got to put it at the altar. And then you have to listen to that counsel that he gives you. And you got to listen to that voice. And when things flash across your view, you have to immediately uh, have a counter curse, so to speak, just like you were talking, uh, Cameron. You know, you've got to have that reaction to it and you've got to stick to it and you've got to want that more than you want your own personal thing. And as time goes on and as you follow the spirit of the Lord, then the seesaw begins to change. And then that's when you know you are on the the, um, the you're on the path because this whole idea that I hear from all kinds of people is especially now in a lot of councils well if you slip up you know well slipping up is, is is if you're trying to stop cussing and somebody cuts you off in traffic and you've been working real hard and all of a sudden it just blurts out it falls out and you go uh oh I, w I didn't want to say that that's a slip up but if something 
something evil comes across your view and you've been trying to avoid it and then it takes you some time and then you you go back to doing evil at the moment that's not a slip up that is a um, i just didn't resist and mm-hmm. of course i'm an uneducated buffoon so the whole idea is the lord teaches us not to listen to the dark and to stay on the light and as long as we stay listening to the light we will always have that support that helps prevent slip-ups because true slip-ups can be eliminated through the the lord but it has to be a true slip-up and those anything else that's not a true slip-up it's premeditated whether you're making the decision now or you're making the decision later you've made the decision to allow yourself a few indulgences as long as i'm getting better and then you still haven't made that full commitment that's a good point darlene what were you going to say um it's it's probably going to sound absurd but uh i think the answer could be getting them involved in family history and the reason i say that is um i watched one of those I don't know what you call them, the little videos that the church puts out. And it it followed this uh, gentleman that had that same problem. And he tried everything for years and years and years. And he finally got involved in family history. And it was his lifeline. And he was finally able to kick it. And I think, I don't know if there's... You know, there's a law to everything, and maybe that's one of the things that has the blessing of that particular thing. But, um, uh, and I think you're helped from those on the other side as well as just here. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like having gone through it myself or whatever, if I was, I've thought about this a lot, like how would I help counsel anybody? kind of thing and seriously one of the best and clearest things is to understand the difference between evil and unclean spirits how to cast out and then honestly this is like it's taken a long time to get here and stuff but like davidic covenants and what that really looks like if you're struggling and in the throes of of addiction and and recovery and just not able to do anything sometimes you need someone to make a davidic covenant on your behalf in order to to dispel so that you can actually come out of the fog of the you know that that wartime i i you just can't even think for yourself you're just so in the thick of it like find someone to make a davidic covenant for you like that's what i would do i not that i just like sit here and ponder this but i was like if i ever was to find a young individual that, that needed help or whatever i would like go to the ends of the earth do a davidic covenant so that they could just like get the blinders off their eyes and actually start being able to cast out for themselves and, and really work hard at at those things cameron what do you mean by that by do a davidic covenant uh-huh yeah so like the the pattern with david or with with king hezekiah um it's in chapter six of isaiah decoded um but making 
going to the Lord and finding out what sacrifice you can make personally on behalf of another person to rend their veil of unbelief. So, I mean, it, it can be various different things and the Lord will help you know what, what that is. Um, Todd McLaughlin's video is, is also great at explaining that, but um, that sometimes we're just so mired down in something that, that we have just cloaked ourselves. We are just covered with this unbelief of some thing and we just can't escape it due to our entrenching and, and kind of disregarding our, our moral compass and, and all of that that we're talking about in this chapter. And so um, like Elle had mentioned in group A, sometimes we take a hot iron and just sear our, our conscience and we can't even actually make good decisions. Like it's just beyond us. We have no motivation to deny the flesh of anything. And so having somebody rend a veil of unbelief for us, something that we can't do ourselves in that moment, having somebody else suffer and, um, and do that can just open doors and, and, and help people. I don't know. Yeah. I <laughs> don't want to like hijack the, the whole conversation on, on that, but like Davidic covenants and, and a proper knowledge of what actually is attacking you is, is crucial without that. I don't think there is a lot of help, it, a long lasting help anyway. Mm-hmm. Because Ooh, I love that. Happen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. For me, so, when I overcame a whole bunch of things, I covenanted with the Lord to keep the Sabbath day holy. And that was hard for me because that meant I couldn't watch TV at all anymore. It meant I couldn't go shopping, couldn't eat out. But I made all of those sacrifices and I did it flawlessly, just without fail. I read my Book of Mormon every single day without fail. I also went to church every single Sunday and partook of the sacrament every single Sunday without fail. And it was amazing. It my my family look at me now and say, who? Who were you? Who was that person? You know, it's just been so amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of our challenges are hereditary. We have yeah. in we have uh, received a lot of our weaknesses from our ancestors, and not only have we received those weaknesses, but we also have someplace in our line somebody who can strengthen us, who has fought the good fight. And maybe we are one of those people who has, who has assigned the, the stopping point to be able to terminate whatever that um, uh, vice is in our heredi- heredi- uh, heritage and, and our family. So if we pray one for help from our, our ancestors, then somebody will be pointed out to you. And then you can ask for that particular person or persons to assist you and then not only are they assisting you from that side of the veil but you are also because you are casting out darkness you are filling in the void with light and their support and your support and and the father's support and there that way when the darkness comes back with its seven brothers there's it finds it no place for it to come back in and that's the important part mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, Cameron and 
your grandpa Leo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that was one of my big transformational things before I ever woke up to anything in the gospel, right? Uh, I was called to be stake family history consultant and learning that one principle that we can call on our ancestors by name to come help us was the, the transformational link. And, and not just us, but like call on them to go help somebody else. And that we have um, a stewardship, a, a ministry of angels and that we can, can do that and everything. Um, anyway, that, that was transformational for me. So like, I think that um, like my, my mom's point there of the family history work really is a, a huge <coughs> that it's because it starts uh, replacing like, like uh, Scott was saying, because you're trying to get rid of all this darkness, but if you don't replace it with actual good light, then it's never going to heal. And, and so, so correcting those, those, those brain patterns that you were referencing originally, those mm -hmm. can only be healed through like family history. That's a, a great one. I think that there is a divine law. I just haven't found it worded yet anywhere, but like, I think family history is one of those keys that actually can rewire the synapses in our brain. That makes perfect sense to have to replace it with good, something good and light. That's perfect. That's Totally logical. <laughs> right? Yeah. Both sides of the veil. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up on Elle's recommendations here. That some very good ones here in, in the chat. Mm -hmm. um, so yes. Becky Edwards' Life on Purpose class um, taught about reaction time. Turn it around as quickly as possible. I'm just reading these for like anybody that watches this later since they can't see the, the chat, right? Um, you mentioned a bit about emotions and feelings can lead us to wrong choices and reactions. And so this is a great video and book that the L found. Um, why our feelings does not equal knowing God's will, uh, self-analysis and, and all of that um, by Lydia Brownback. Oh, and there's another one. Um, let's see. He did deliver me from bondage by Colleen or Colleen Harrison, using the Book of Mormon and principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ as they correlate with the 12-step program. Yeah, very good books. That's awesome. Hey, Cameron, I um, you briefly mentioned something that I really wanted to talk about, and I don't know if we want to talk about it now or if we want to wait till next week, but part of this chapter that was really, really huge for me was the unbelief and the faith discussion. So did yeah. we want to do that tonight or wait till next week? Yeah, let's tackle it tonight because the, well, let's see, because we've got unbelief and then next week we're talking about faith and belief and unbelief and everything, uh, whatever you want to do. I mean, because it, if it's on the tip of your tongue, let's, let's talk about it now, but it does tie in perfectly with next week too. So, you know, what's weird is that I'm listening as I'm reading, I'm doing both mm -hmm. and the recording on audible is different than the book oh isn't that so annoying yes <laughs> it was for Very. us to was like, where is this chapter 16 is chapter 10 and yeah that. exactly so tell me so i'm looking at page 236 is where this starts is that to discuss tonight or is that to discuss next week uh-huh yes so the reading was from page 218 through 239 okay for today well, 240, I mean, through the unbelief section. But unbelief really does kind of lend into next week 
um, because there's there's quite a bit about unbelief and belief in in that discussion. So we can totally do it next week because what I wanted to say just starts on 236, but like you're saying, it goes many pages after that. So we can just talk about it next week because it seems that it'll fit for next week. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a great section. Oh my goodness. Like like I said, chapter 10 is awesome because it's just like these little mini sermons, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, how do we actually build Zion? How, like, what are some of the things that we need to unpack and like re reprogram our brains from, uh, you know, some of the uh, object lessons or or primary level things that we've learned and, and how do we grow up and evolve into to Zion principles? I, I just love it. Chapter 10 is amazing. You mentioned about filling your life with good things and something I read ages and ages ago, and I don't even know where I found it, but it said when you're trying to overcome sin that um, they used a scientific, and I don't know science, I didn't take chemistry, biology and all that stuff, but it says uh, nature abhors a void. So when you get rid of something, you're trying to get rid of something bad in your life, you have to fill it with good because there's a void there. And if you don't fill it with something good, then the bad will more than likely return because you haven't filled that void with good. So I think the idea of genealogy or filling it with something good and full of light, um, it's, it's a scientific principle. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know enough about physics and things like that to understand that point, but it made sense to me when I read it. Yeah, for sure. Like that a principle really a, hits home with like gardening, right? Like, I don't know why, but that's what I think. Yeah. It's like when you make bare ground, if you remove all the weeds, if you don't plant something in a spot, the weeds are just going to come back. Like exactly. That, that yeah. Spot of ground is, is just free. Yeah. Game. So it's the same thing. I think in our life, if we try to remove something that we don't want, then if we don't fill it with something good, then we'll just fill it with something just as bad or worse. <laughs> <laughs> the weeds will come back. The weeds will come back. Yeah. Yeah. And even stronger than before sometimes. But yeah, I, I love it. So Cameron, well, Cameron for you talked about the chart that you made between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. Can you draw that up and post that? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'll do it better than I did in my book. <laughs> these margins are so tiny so it was just like a little scrunch chart but it works but yeah i, I can draw it up put it in there <laughs> copy it and blow it up <laughs> yeah so camera what page are we supposed to retell again um for next week uh-huh yeah let me pop that up on the screen real quick so next week is pages 240 through 259 so it's uh so we'll just kind of tackle unbelief all the way through prayer. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I really should have like looked at the topics rather than just the page count when I did these because unbelief really goes into next week and then next week's prayer kind of goes into the next week of revelation and prayer, but oh well, anyway, <laughs> it kind of divides out the, the pages evenly, so. Yeah, well, great cover what we cover but yeah um seemed like there was something else i don't know anyway but yeah i as i posted on uh the facebook group or whatever um 
I had my discussion with with Tony Young today about uh, what we're going to do and talk about the polar configuration and, and all of that kind of stuff. So that's coming sometime soon. We're going to be recording it in, in a couple of weeks, and then it'll be available for everyone to watch. And then we'll jump on a, a question and answer with him if anybody has questions. It's not really a part of the book club, but uh, I'm just kind of doing it because it keeps popping up in, in lots of our discussions and stuff, and lots of people have questions. So if you've ever been interested in it, stay tuned a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to be recording an, an interview with him. I hopped on the phone with him today. He's he's quite the character. He's so fun. <laughs> he knows his stuff and he's really passionate about it, um, which is is kind of rare in, in that field because you're either that intellectualism where you're very prideful about it versus uh, Tony Young is, is one of the most humble guys. He's awesome. I love it. But anyway, we'll I'll be posting that as soon as we, we get it done. Cool. If you have any questions in the meantime, feel free to pop those over and I can do that in, in there or wait till the, the Q&A that we have with them. What was that? What does he specialize in? Well, I mean, he's just kind of like us. I mean, just kind of dabbles in things, but he really loves like the polar configuration, the um, the great sign of the son of man. If you've seen like the, the circle with like the the plasma beam shooting out of it. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I'm new to it, but it's all right. But yeah, polar configuration or like cosmism, catastrophism, all of that kind of stuff where the heavens and the ancient skies are different than they are now. And what they will be uh, as we get to the millennium, how the skies are prophesied to change again, kind of thing. Right. But anyway, yeah, like it's not. I don't know. That was one of the questions I asked him today, though. I was like, so is it really necessary for us to like study this or like what, what's your what's your take on stuff? And he's like, it's absolutely necessary. This is awesome stuff. <laughs> anyway, so it, it'll be a fun one, but it's just kind of a little random freebie kind of thing that we're just kind of throwing in with our things. Um, if anybody's interested, you can read Anthony Larson's books or Velikovsky himself, but um, anyway, just kind of a random thing that popped up. A freebie for our free book club. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> just some some random things that I don't expect everybody to go and dive down all of that rabbit hole. We're we're going to President Nelson next. <laughs> this is just kind of a extracurricular. We'll we'll call it the rabbit hole series. That that's what we'll call it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I wanted to keep it like fairly small and private so it's not like because Tony doesn't want to be like out there on YouTube and all that kind of stuff but you know just kind of the same group that that we have that's very interested but not gonna like sit there and attack him on every single little thing that he brings up yeah we don't have that many people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well, it's easier to uh, assess who's doing the attacking that way. <laughs> mm -hmm, yep. <laughs> but you'll you'll love him. He's like the funniest guy. He's over in England. And so it's kind of like hard to do the, the time zone schedule and stuff out. But um, he has studied this quite extensively. And he's not, I didn't see any pride in him today or whatever. He was just a, a humble guy that is just trying to share what he's dreamed about and and what's been revealed to him kind of thing. Right. But yeah. Good, good try, I guess. All right. 
Um, Real quick, before we uh, before we take off, I ran across a uh, a presenter uh, this week. Uh, he runs a blog spot, and he also has several videos out or that he's put on YouTube. Um, and his, is it uh, Mormon Yeshiva? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. As soon as you said blog spot, I'm like, I only know one blog spot lately. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Yeah. Oh, Nancy sent the link. So anyway, yeah. Um, so if anybody's interested in, you know, we got all excited about the chiasms in, in Isaiah and such. Well, if you're interested in stuff like that, well, the this this individual has found stuff about the Book of Mormon and how uh, it, it answers a whole bunch of questions that I've had about the uh, uh, why were they got the goofy numbers and and why they got five or six numbers in in sequential order and then all of a sudden they skip two or yes. three and then they start up again or or you know being translated as so it's it's all uh it's all pretty good to watch I I found it very enlightening and very entertaining and it it's given me a whole lot of a whole lot to chew on upstairs and now the book of mormon is it is um even though we're not studying it it it, it relates back to the old testament and new testament very very tightly and um it's opened up a whole new desire to read the book of mormon again with a whole new set of eyes right <laughs> like that's all mm -hmm. i want to do is just like study the book of mormon now there's so much stuff to study <laughs> and if i said you need to his people didn't have the understanding of the Jews, but he did. And, you know, and he wrote according to that. And this, this guy was, he's Jewish. He went to Hebrew school as a 12 year old. He actually talked about that in one of the things. And, and he's like, that's like torture for a 12 year old. <laughs> <laughs> Memorize that. But, um, you know, so he has all of that and he has all that understanding from the Jews. And he goes, this is how we look at things. This is this is how the letters mean things and the numbers mean things and and uh, oh my, you know, the what being interpreted as means. Mm -hmm. How many times do we see that in the Book of Mormon? Yeah, so, it was very eye opening. Yeah, I yeah. talked to him today too. See if he was interested. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm kind of busy, but you know, like, just tell me what you got. Let's see if we can work something out. I'm like. <laughs> that's great that's great i'll just keep feeding you anybody i want to hear from it you can just talk to them <laughs> i love it yes nancy did you post a link somewhere oh i sent it to cameron this week um oh it's really funny. Yeah. i sent him a couple of a couple did you of get the the links from group a l those were the ones that i posted in that group um did I repost them in this group? No. Did no, like, like I posted them in group A just a couple hours ago. Like the links that I shared were the ones that we're talking oh, about. Oh, I don't think I, I saw. I think I, because I, I got a phone call and I didn't catch. Oh, I gotcha. didn't catch the, if it was toward the end of it, I didn't catch those. No. Gotcha. Just yeah, let me post Facebook. Just post them on the Facebook thing. So everybody yeah, that way everybody can get them. Yeah. So, you know, you get the C.S. Lewis one, you've got the, you know, the Mormon Yeshiva is what his YouTube channel is called. Yeah, and Group A was like really on to um, Robin's 
Egypt and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I yeah. post those as well. <laughs> yeah, get get Robin on here to talk. Two rabbit holes. One of those rabbit holes. <laughs> Robin and her uh, thing about the feminine stuff. Uh -huh. That's going to be a great rabbit hole. You'll never yeah. watch TV again. <laughs> I know I'm no time for entertainment. You just got all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Who has time for TV? You never watch TV ever. <laughs> yeah. I sent Cameron a link. You know, I just felt like I was supposed to send him a link. He says, You're the seventh person today. Oh my gosh. So like that I'm snow day, what was that? It's like Thursday or something like that. Anyway, it was a snow day. Work was canceled. And I kid you not, seven people reached out and sent like a whole bunch of videos. And I was like, well, the, <laughs> the Lord must think uh, it needs to be a study day, I guess. And so I just spent all day taking notes and doing stuff and <laughs> kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, people send me links all the time, but that day it was just like pfft, all of these things that I needed to study. Were there a lot of them the same? There were two that were the same. Uh, other than that, everything was all different. It was all over the board. I mean, and some, <laughs> I have a couple of weird friends that send me some weird stuff. <laughs> but, if, you know, come seven, eight months from now, I'll probably be going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but the first time I watched it, I'm like, nope, that's too weird. <laughs> it, it's amazing how we get led to things, I think. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and we'll see that and go, uh, no, I'm not ready for that. And then, you know, you learn a few more things and six months later, like you were saying, you're like, oh, I, why didn't I do this six months ago? I know. I made a comment on a post and this random person I didn't even know, she's like telling me all this stuff and, and we became Facebook friends and we had a four hour phone conversation the other night. Just <laughs> With April? Yep. Yep. April. <laughs> like we couldn't stop we we're like she was supposed to be on here tonight i wonder where she went i know she she i don't know she sent me a whole bunch of messages today and i i'm just like i gotta do other things <laughs> i know i don't know sometimes she's up till four in the morning so one night i did stay up and april i've got to go to work tomorrow <laughs> oh. go to bed <laughs> energizer bunny she's oh. young <laughs> um, yeah i am not i am so old i have to go to bed. i think she's your age <laughs> probably yeah she's in her 30s <laughs> you're not a little cameron no you're a puppy dog <laughs> my back hurts I, i'm i gotta go to bed on time yeah i'm old that's just studying a lot <laughs> yeah you can make your back hurt no <laughs> over the book on the desk yeah exactly that it really i need to find better ways to study more comfortable positions and stuff <laughs> yeah okay. anyway it's been you guys <laughs> are all amazing down too many rabbit holes until the very end there <laughs> i know I, I was wondering if we'd do more rabbit holes than the first group how'd we do i don't know it, it was a pretty good time but I, I don't know they <laughs> might have had a few more we talked about a few more things. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and watch. I'm gonna go time. watch it too. I was like trying to judge whether I'm gonna spend that two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep.
I don't. I don't usually have time to go and watch the other groups. Me neither. I, I totally understand. Read. It's worth it, but it it does take a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Maybe I'll just put it on while I'm doing dishes someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usually, I try to keep the discussions fairly good at the beginning, and then at that hour mark, then it's just like it's yeah. free game. <laughs> I can remember when that group first started, we would get way sidetracked. <laughs> oh, man. That's one thing that's really hard about being a moderator is like, because I, I want to dive down some rabbit holes, but then at the same time, if you allow too many rabbit holes, then the discussion. Well, the <laughs> it's a kind of a fine line to, to cross, but I try to respect everybody's time and like in that hour, stay on topic and then it can kind of go from there. If you need to log off, that's fine, but... <clears throat> <laughs> you miss the good stuff <laughs> but when you're trying to find out what everybody else is studying and stuff like that like there's so much good information out there and just kind of batting that kind of stuff around it's it's fun to talk about it because I mean that's what you would normally do in like Sunday school right like you stay after and, and do your chats but <laughs> but this is like there's <laughs> all my friends are going to be like what polar configuration why why <laughs> <laughs> you guys that? get that I'm weird and, and that's fine. <laughs> I think we're all weird. Mm -hmm. We're normal. Yeah, we're all the kooks. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're we're normal and hey, I was a geek before being a geek was cool. So was I. <laughs> yeah, I tried. It didn't work out for me. <laughs> I don't fit in there and I don't fit in there. <laughs> you know, the Lord told us all those who die with more intelligence. From this world, will be farther ahead in the next. That's so, right. It's not like you're trying to be ahead of somebody else. You're just trying to be ahead of yourself. I think yeah. of that all the time. I'm like, seriously, like, why wouldn't seriously. you want to be? <laughs> right. If you can be ahead. Why not like do it now and not have to like <laughs> do all that, all that repentance later on when it's harder? Just <laughs> do it. Learn. Grow here. Yep. Yep more intelligence that's where we get that's what we want right hopefully <laughs> all right more well it's been great. <laughs> yep we will catch everyone next week for part two chapter 10. Have a great week. <laughs> thanks everybody have a good week yeah. yep, thank you, you. Bye. bye